everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Green Jeans. I'm your one co-host, Annika Van Rossum, using pronouns she, her, joined by my other co-host. Maya Van Rossum, also using pronouns she, her. And if you haven't been with us before, we are a mother-daughter duo who talk about important social and environmental justice issues through a generational lens, because many of the issues that my mom's generation was raising alarm bells about decades ago is really on the front news, front line pages, and my generation is still dealing with it. Um, yeah, so, and just before we get into the episode, a quick reminder to everybody, if you really like what we do, be sure to share our podcast, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Green Jeans, and be sure to give us a five-star rating wherever you're listening to. Um, yeah, well, so. And a little addition to that, if you um, like the environmental work that we talk about, and it resonates with you, um, it would be really great if you could donate at DelawareRiverKeeper.org to protect the Delaware River or at Green Amendments or, sorry, for the Generations.org to protect Green Amendments for the Generations um, and it'd help advance that national movement, not protect Green Amendments for the Generations, although I guess it is that, but it is to advance Green Amendments um, for the generations in order to give everybody a constitutional right to a clean, safe, and healthy environment, including a stable climate. So again, um, DelawareRiverKeeper.org or ForTheGenerations.org, your financial support is hugely valuable because we do great work at both of these organizations that um, saves lives, saves the world, helps species, helps ecosystems, and is really important. Yeah, I mean, and I think with that, it's also, again, before we get into the topic, a lot of the nonprofits that, and, you know, some groups we'll talk about today do a lot of important on the ground work and spread a lot of important word that is needed, um, especially and in situations like we're about to talk about, which is tough. Um, I think nonprofits are, are putting up a big brunt of the doing the workhorses pull, if you will, of getting the word out of providing resources of things like that um, to help people, the environment, animals in need. So just, especially in this holiday season, think about giving a little extra back. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna talk about um, this recent, I don't, I guess it's so, um, trying to figure out how to put it in for it. This recent um, drag show, or not, not a drag show, this holy drag story time is what it's called. So there was an event happening out in Columbus, Ohio, where there were going to be some drag queen queens reading story time to some some kids you know one goes to the library their local churches I think this one was at a church um and you get the kids get to hear stories and these stories were going to be read by drag queens awesome and it got shut down because a bunch of right-wing protesters I would like to use another word but I will use the media terms of right-wing protesters showed up many of them several of them armed um, with nasty and horrific signs and actually the event ended up getting shut down because of safety concerns and obviously because people were afraid to bring their children the drag queens were feeling unsafe and as people may be aware this is all on the heels of just recently the Colorado um, bar shooting at Club Q where um, several drag queens were were killed and murdered um, yeah so it's very distressing so I don't do you have any thoughts when I sent you this story, mom, and said we should talk about it? Well, I mean, it really struck me in my heart, right? You have good people out in the world trying to um, enjoy being part of their community and um, interact with the kids and have a nice time 
telling stories, but also at the same time, right? Letting people know that um, drag queens, trans people, LGBTQ um, members of our community, we're, we're all part of the same community. And it's great to be able to get together um, in, in all kinds of ways. And so this um, story time just seemed like a really great, fun, important, engaging way to bring different elements, different aspects of our community together to learn and have a nice time. And to see it vilified was just really, um, again, it really struck at my heart and it was really sad and upsetting to know that this event got taken away from the kids and families because some right-wing freaks decided that they had the right to scare people into silence, which is essentially what happened. Yeah, so just a quick, just for people, I'm just going to read from NBC News, the two, a quick summary of the scheduled holiday-themed Holy Drag story time at the First Unitarian Church of Columbus, which runs the K-5 institution behind the event, Red Oak Community School, was canceled at the last Saturday at the last minute Saturday morning following internal discussions, organizers said. Members of the Ohio's Proud Boys organization and other right-wing groups made good on promises to make waves outside the venue Saturday, and more than 50 demonstrators, including members of the Proud Boys, gathered near the church Saturday morning and shouted, chanted, and held up signs. Some were armed with long guns. Um, and when I was reading this article, I actually found it really disturbing. Um, and I think, you know, it touches on something that we've all become aware of even more so, like it's always been happening. Um, but this was a group of, the police were alerted and were told about this. And my understanding, even though it's being said that the, the Columbus police are denying that they didn't do anything, but at least the organizers and the people who were at the event did not feel like there was really the police presence that they were promised or that they were hoping for. I mean, and if it's at the point where people are not showing up at the event or feeling like somebody's going to hurt me and I might die, I don't think the police can really get away with saying that they weren't like doing their job at the event. And of course, we're all aware of how many innocent um, people of color are minding their own business and are shot for no reason. But here were people grouped, shouting disparities, holding up signs. And like the photos, I mean, the photos of these people that I have seen at this event, like they look like military. They they are covered in camo. They have what appear to be bulletproof vests. They have all those little pockets with God knows what. And I mean, I'm I'm not a gun person, but these look like automatic assault weapons. And you're gonna tell me that that's okay to just host, just have 50 people like that? Well, and one of the things that I think is um, striking and really makes me laugh. Um, in some way at these, at these people, at these, and, and to be clear at the, I don't even want to say that they're, they're, they're the protesters, right? The militant activists coming together to scare people into silence. How's that? I it's even a long hate to give, I even hate to use the word activist though, because to me, oh, it's that's such, like true. a wonderful term. Okay, that is, you are right. It, you are, we, we have to keep working on this throughout the, throughout the show, but the militants, um, but how many of them had their faces covered, right? They were, they were truly, which shows to me that they, that they were ashamed 
at some basic level, right? Some big basic understanding somewhere within their bodies, they understood that this behavior was shameful and they should cover their faces because if they didn't, they could be ridiculed. They would be ridiculed. They should be ridiculed because this was a shameful act that they participated in that day. And as an activist, again, I agree with you. I love that word. I love the word activist. I love the word liberal. You know, I own those things. I love tree hugger. I love fish lover, right? I love, you know, um, job creator, right? <laughs> like these are, these are, these are um, great ways to describe people who work for social justice, environmental justice, environmental protection. Um, but as I was reading the article and watching the news stories, my reaction, my initial inclination was, how come we didn't have um, protectors showing up to stand around the, the event, right? To stand against these shameful militants. How about that? The shameful militants, right? Um, and stand and defend the LGBTQ community, defend the 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 drag queens defend the children defend the right defend the event that was really I view as a powerful important engaging way to bring people together in the community right I I just think it's it's, it's so fun so that was my reaction but then I and and I part of me sort of initially didn't understand like well why why did they um I guess they canceled the event. They didn't even postpone it, right? Or at least at this point, like it was shut down that day. So why was that decision made? And then as you read on and you listen to the woman who very emotionally made, read the uh, decision to shut down the event that day and you read more and you put it in the context of the Club Q shooting that had just happened. And then you realize, you know, they really did the right thing that they wanted to hold their event. They wanted to stand strong, but they knew that it was very dangerous and that it was more important to protect people from the potential of being shot and or killed than it was to in this moment, stand their ground and hold the event, right? The time to stand their ground, you know, in, in, in the face of these shameful militants can, should, will, you know, build over time. But in that moment, this was a very dangerous situation. And so after hearing the announcement and really thinking about and pondering it, I think that they, they, they made not just the right decision, but the protective decision and the respectful decision and the caring decision to shut the event down that day. But the other thing, then my next thing was like, I want to go online and I want to find out what is happening now to take back the ground, to take back the light, to take back the space against these shameful militants um, that are going to clearly be coming out again, again, and again at events like these. Yeah, I mean, and I think we all kind of, you know, and I, when I was reading this NBC news article, it does sound like that there, it's not, it's, so they said, despite the planned presence of more than 100 security volunteers who plan to create a human perimeter around the event, but there weren't people, which again, like, it, I'm not clear, they're talking about the police and that, so I'm not clear if that also includes police, that includes people showing up, which like, you know, it's one of those things I think we all say, like, yeah, like we would all show up and be there, but it is really scary when you have, I'm going to say, I think mentally unstable people who are willing to bring guns and like 
you know, we don't know. Nobody knows what they're going to do. Um, and I thought, you know, when reading this, I was like, well, let me go and read a Fox News article and just see what they're saying in terms of, you know, know thine enemy. And I started to read it and it was just, and then I stopped and I was like, this is just the biggest crock of you know what. And it's disgusting. Like one of the signs I saw that was displayed at the event that's one of these people were holding was like calling them groomers, which if you don't know what that term is, it's it's the term coined for like pedophiles who are would interact with young children and groom them to be okay with bad things happening. And just like so disgusting to to see this rhetoric and to see that this is like what these people are believed and it's not just that they're like hearing it from their random uncle like they're getting it in a newsletter from somebody they're getting it in books that are recommended to them they're getting it on the tv from several right-wing activists on fox news or right-wing people on fox news you know i mean i like it started to play and i heard tucker carlson's voice and i had to shut it off because i was just like i can't he's just so ridiculous and dumb and hateful. And, you know, I think realizing when I was started to read this Fox News article, I was like, this is how, you know, this is how these things start. And this is how it really, you know, it brings me back to that quote, I think we've all heard. Um, it's by Martin Niemöller. And the original quote is, you know, first they came for the socialists and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me and there was no one left to speak for me. And it just brings me back to how like the Nazis started this, you know, it's one thing and you don't think it's that big of a deal. It starts with, well, the Jews just can't, you just can't shop at these stores. Okay. Well, now you can't go to these schools. Okay. Well, now you have to wear these stars. Okay. And it's like you start to feel like it's all these little things that eventually turn into this big, awful event and nobody realizes it until it's too late or you don't see the little indoctrination happening. Or I, I think now, like a days we do having many people learned about the Holocaust are like, well, it couldn't happen again. But this is very similar like this. These are and I think you said that one woman from from Glad, she was like, when we all which is an organization, when we all, when we looked at it, these are all connected events. They're not one-offs that are happening to this community. Yeah. I've been reading um, lately, Annika, the book Last Train to London, which uh, as you know, is written by our great aunt. Um, one extra great for you than for me. About, about our great aunt, not by our great aunt. Oh my gosh, yes. What is it with me and words today? Yes, it was written about our great aunt. And I guess your great, great aunt, my, my Tante Truce, Tante Truce. And Tante Truce is responsible for saving the lives of over 10,000 Jews. She was a Dutch woman. Um, and she, with the support of her husband, which was our uncle, great uncle, um, would go into Germany and rescue Jewish children and bring them out to safety, right? Get them, get them out of the country in all kinds of different ways to rescue them from the Nazis, to rescue them from the camps, you know, to literally save their lives. And in, again, in the final count, it was over 10,000 children um, that she saved. And she's 
she's well recognized for that very and when you read the book one you read about the heroism of this of this wonderful woman just a person like you and i anybody listening who knew that something fundamentally wrong was happening um and was building up to things that as you said were worse and worse and worse in 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 the ways that jewish people were being treated and the kinds of abuses they were being subjected to and ultimately of course to their to to the holocaust and just the mass murder of jewish people but through the build up um and and um throughout this time of history tanta truce would go in and rescue these children and it was just she was just very heroic right she was a true 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 heroine but also the other thing that you read about in the book is not just her heroism which you know i'm so honored that we share her her you know her lineage um but you do just like you said you read in this way it's a it's a it's a historical um fiction right so some of the characters Tante Truce is obviously real but some of the other characters right the the story itself is a fictional story but it's based on fact and you read the story of this young boy who over time gets increasingly ostracized by and abused by his friends right like in the beginning of the story they're all friends and then as Nazism you know goes on the rise you see how his friends turn against him. And one of the scenes that I just read is how one of, you know, the, the, the kids from his most immediate circle of friends. So I don't know that you call it his best friend, but was, was a childhood friend. Um, there's a scene where this one young Jewish boy, just because he's Jewish is being beat up and his former classmates because he can't go, into, go to school anymore. That's why I say former. Um, his former classmates are joining in and beating him up. And another one initially just looks on and then ends up participating. And you can just so vividly imagine um, as you read this story, how horrifying it would be for this, for this young boy to not only feel the physical pain of being beaten up just for being who he is, but then also realizing that his friends, those in his circle of life, and I guess they weren't, they weren't his friends, right? Because they wouldn't have done that. But those who he believed were his friends, just looking on, participating, turning their backs on him and the incredible emotional betrayal and abuse that, that one must feel in this moment. And so when I think about these drag queens, when I think about the children in the LGBTQ community that are going to school um, and just trying to be themselves and are experiencing the name calling and the abuses that are coming forth in the school community because of adults, right? Just like in Nazi, because of adults, children that are just trying to be who they are are increasingly suffering abuses and betrayal by their classmates and okay maybe it's not this you know they're not being thrown on the ground and, and kicked and beaten although i'm sure that that does happen too but you know just they're there they can't go to the bathroom comfortably right because all all they want is a is a a, a gender neutral bathroom but that's somehow not okay so um i think that your 
that your comparison of how Nazism started and what it led to and where we are in this moment when we think about LGBTQ members of our community and the path that we're on. Um, I do think that there's a comparison. I think it's very, very scary. And I think people need to stand up and speak out and get active if we're going to stop it. So Annika, as you can see, I have changed my location and that's because we are living in this high tech world and my internet was cutting out. So not so high tech, but um, so where was it? Where, where, where did I get cut off due to technology? You're saying that maybe kids aren't being beat up by their friends in school, but they're still there can with all these different messaging and these right wing people giving these messages to their kids. Remember, we're calling them shameful militants. Okay, but it's, you know what? But it actually, it's not. It's not just shameful militants, and that's part of the problem, right? Like what we are experiencing. Um, it's it's okay. It was the the shameful militants, and I don't even want to name those organizations because I don't want them to get members. I don't want them to get any airplay on our, you know, in in our brains in our space, right? I don't want to lift up their organizational names at all. Um, but the. So yes, it was a bunch of shameful militants that that you know covering their faces with their guns, with their abusive rhetoric and signs and language, at 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 the event, the drag queen book reading event that got shut down. But um, but what is happening in so many communities where LGBTQ kids are being targeted and are are um, being themselves the subject of abusive behavior and ridicule and not even being given the opportunity to go to the bathroom in a gender neutral bathroom because somehow that's that's a problem and that's bad, which it's not. Um, but according to these people, the in 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 so many circles of our life, it it is parents, it's adults, it's everyday people. Um, who are bringing forth the message that it is okay and it is appropriate to target other members of our community because they think that they're different, right? The abusers think they're different. And, um, and as a result, we're, we're having, so I think, and, and that's where I think your comparison to, to Nazism is, is really important. Yes, you do have the extremist leaders in the movement, but the the Holocaust wouldn't have happened. What is going on today with the targeting of LGBTQ communities of black of the Black Lives Matters movement, right? That is being allowed to happen because everyday people are buying in and participating. And that's why we need everyday people to stand up strong in defense against those abuses and those abusers. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's one of those, like I will say, I think particularly as this is not related to the, I say particularly as a, as a woman, and I think growing up, I've had a lot of people, you know, tell me like when certain people say things or men make jokes or whatever, you're supposed to just kind of like, laugh it off or kind of do this whole, I think I've been told many times in my life, well, don't make it like, you know, some off-brand comment or like, don't make it a bigger deal than it is. Or of course, like being 
you know, more liberally minded, it will turn into this like, well, you don't have to take everything so seriously. It's just just a joke. And I think my reaction nowadays is that most things actually are not just a joke. And there are a lot of things that people say that maybe is an off comment or a weird anecdote or whatever that I like, you know, and someone says, I, they're just kidding. Well, I would never imagine just kiddingly throwing around the slur for LGBTQ people. I would never just kiddingly throw around a racist comment or, you know, an anti-gay comment or like that never pops into my brain. So something that I would like say to people too is that, you know, it is really scary to show up at an event where people have guns. And that's not to say that you're a bad person for not showing. No, like that's scary. I don't even know if I would do it. So like, uh, we're not saying that that's something that everybody has to feel this overwhelming pressure to do. But it is when you're in your local supermarket, if you hear somebody throw around that word, you go up to them and you say, hey, don't say that. You hear somebody make, you know, uh, one of those like off-brand, you know, jokes about gay men being effeminate you go well that's not actually okay for you to say I really would appreciate it if you didn't say it you tell your kids hey if you hear you know a friend like I had somebody who I went to law school with who made a comment that well when he was a kid in in his sports locker room they just threw around you know that slur because but you didn't mean it to hate gay people is just the word you threw around to which my reaction was okay, I, you know, you made a mistake then, but you're an adult now and you should know better and you should know not to do it. And it's not an excuse anymore. Well, but it's just, it's just in me. But it's too bad. <laughs> Get over it. Like, no, you know, and that was like, and I could see a lot of people in the room were kind of like, Anika, just let it go. Just let it go. Like, that's who you just got to let it go. No, because those are the things when you let it go, that it perpetuates. And that's something that, you know, maybe his children will learn from him or, and that's, and so I think, you know, again, I think we talk about a lot on the show is that, and I think, you know, I think it makes us very proud to be related to Tons of Truths is that there's so many ways to be an activist and we're related to this person who did this really big thing and saved tens of thousands of lives, you know, and, but you can save lives and you can actually make a difference by doing little tiny things every day by calling people out on their, on their, on their you know, poor logic or poor commentary. And I think like the big thing that's always so disgusting about reading about these right-wing militant extremists is that there's nothing different about me and a drag queen. There's nothing different about me and any member from the LGBTQ community other than like, in terms of like, just being people. Like we're all just people. And the fact that because somebody lives a lifestyle that you don't like or makes you uncomfortable, the reaction isn't even like, oh, I'm not with that. The reaction is I'm going to show up with a gun is what will never. And I think it's because, again, you have all these people that do this like, well, if you don't stop, if you don't stop this story time, they're going to turn your kids into them. They're good. And like, and and saying that they're 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 groomers and things that are just so wholly untrue and so wholly disgusting and it's just up to everybody like like you said like you know the nazis took over germany yes because they were military and it was scary and they forced a lot of people into it but a lot of people had to buy into the like that rhetoric and you know and there were board or games. go along with it didn't even buy yeah. into it you know and the other thing and that that's part of our 
part of our family history. And I actually include Tante Truce and my Opa, Aaron Spaismiller, in the Green Amendment book because, you know, I think that activists and, and movement, movement um, building and behaviors are related across issues. Um, and so it was, you know, I wanted to, to, to bring that family heritage into my environmental activism stories. But the thing is with my OPA was the, you know, you're right. There were people who were being forced into service for the Nazis. Well, when they came to, you know, my mother's house when she was young, my opa and they came for his some of i think two or three of his sons to take them into service for the nazis my opa sent his sons away and told them not to come back and told the nazis they could not have his boys and they they told opa we're coming back to i think it was like tomorrow or in a, and your boys better be here and the not and Opa said to his son, don't come back, don't come home, stay away. And they did. And the Nazis came back. And my uncles were not there to go into service. And yes, Opa did get hauled off. And eventually, Opa got released. But it was all a very scary time. But my uncles were not forced into service because our family, even in the face of all that scariness, said no. Um, and, and I'm really proud of that. And I know that no is scary, especially when you're standing alone, right? Saying no to something bad or standing in defense of something good in the face of something bad. But when we can come together, by the dozens, by the hundreds, by the thousands, by the tens of thousands. That is how we can achieve victory, remove some of the scariness because now we are the ones with the numbers. So even though they have the guns, we're the scary ones because we are thousands and tens of thousands standing together in the, you know, in defense of the good against the evil and the evil is much smaller numbers and they're going to be much smaller numbers because on the whole while there are a lot of it seems like there are a lot of bad things happening right now and more and more people going to the dark side on so many issues most people are good and we just need to come together the other thing i wanted to mention Annika, was you were talking about the term groomers and how that's being used by the right wing to um to mischaracterize um, people in the LGBTQ community, right? Mischaracterize, I mean, it's just a lie. It's like the two are wholly unrelated. Um, and in I was listening to the Daily Podcast, right? It's the New York Times Daily Podcast. And they had a story this week about book banning in a community in New Jersey. And how, um, you know, we've talked about book banning before, right? And this, 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 that there's this list online and that you have parents and communities grabbing this online list and going to school board meetings and quoting sexually explicit language from books and then demanding that those books be banned. But all the books that they are demanding be banned because of explicit language are about the LGBTQ community. 
in one form or another. The books with sex, sexually explicit, explicit language that are about heterosexuals um, and heterosexual sex, they don't care about those. Um, and yet those very same people demanding the book banning are offended that they're being called anti-gay or anti-LGBTQ, right? And it's like, well, but wait, but your behavior shows that that's exactly what you are. Um, but one of the talking points there too is that these books are um, part of the grooming of the young kids in the school to become victims to pedophiles and that the authors and the school board members and the librarians and the teachers that have brought these books into the school system and support them remaining there are, are now themselves groomers trying to make children become prey to pedophiles. So it's this, it's this same theme of talking points um, in the book banning movement around LGBTQ books. And then what we're seeing here, as you said, in the, in the children's reading program, it's quite striking. Yeah. And I just, I also want to take, um, a point too, I'm just more saying like, you know, we're not all so different at the end. We're all people and we are, we are all, all people. Um, and we are, are all, you know, to the core, made up of the same skeletons, same body parts, same heart, same soul, all that. But like, I really wish people would stop being afraid of the different in terms of, you know, just all these beautiful expressions of how people paint their nails and color their hair and put on their makeup and the clothes they wear and the, the genders or non-genders or whatever that they identify with. It's like the world would be a really boring place if we all were cookie cutter the same. And I just... I'm tired of different being characterized as, you know, like trying to turn somebody who is very different and saying that they're a pedophile or like, it's just disgusting and it's wrong. Um, and so I just, I do like this at the end of, there's the daily record and they talk about the last train to London book and at the end of it goes, in other words, let's emulate Tantra truce and let's choose love. And so I think that that is what we should all do. I think that that's beautiful. And you did remind me, Annika, while that would be a very fitting ending to the show, you did remind me of um, a moment when I was talking with a, a, a childhood friend, we had gotten together. And much to my surprise, this childhood friend who I hadn't talked to for years, was um, expressing opposition to gay marriage. This was a number of years back before gay marriage had been legalized. And, you know, and I, I, I couldn't understand why she was opposed and, what, and she kept trying to explain it to me. And I finally said to her and I said her name and I won't say her name on the show. I said, but X, how does somebody way on the other side of the state getting married to and or loving and or kissing and or having sex with somebody else that happens to be of the of, of their same um, gender? How does that impact you and your marriage and your family and your relationships way over here on the other side of the state? Like, how, how are the two, how are you at all? Because she had been suggesting that she was somehow being impacted. And, and this was my, my question and my thought experiment with her. And we talked about that for a little bit. And, and I could see actually 
that there was a changed recognition in her brain. And she, at the end of about five minutes of sort of having that discussion said, you know, you're right. So I, I thought that that was a really meaningful moment. Somebody else loving who they love in a loving, beautiful way. And however it is they're expressing, expressing that love, as long as it, it is loving and caring and healing and supportive and not abusive, that doesn't impact me. It certainly doesn't impact me negatively. I think it does impact me positively because when, as you said, when we bring love and positive energy into our world and into our community, we all benefit. I agree. And I think that's a perfect note to end it on. So just a reminder to everybody, you know, again, it's what we preach on this show is that everybody can do a little something each day. And so just go with that forward. And, you know, when you see, when you see something, say something. And because otherwise you will be left with no one to speak for you when they come for you, if they come for you, you know, based off that quote. Um, so yes. So another, so support any of your local LGBTQ plus movement groups. If you can, please go look into them. Um, you know, they need your support as well. And as always, we are still love to remind you that we all share this beautiful, wonderful environment. So if you live in the Delaware River watershed, PA, New York, New Jersey, or Delaware, consider donating to Delaware Riverkeeper Network. And if you live anywhere in this nation, consider donating to Green Amendments for the Generations, fighting for a constitutional environmental right for everybody. Um, because we all share the same air, the same water, and the same environment, and it should be healthy for everybody, no matter who you are. Um, so I think with that, is there anything else? Good? No, I think that's great finish. All right. So until next time. Until next time.